We had a rookie takeover in Summer League last night. How about Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr.? They had excellent performances. We'll also give you a last dance report all today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, where Doug is silently screaming. It's almost like the camera's focusing on him, but it can't pick up on his volume. That's Doug Branson, everyhornetsboxscore.com. You can check the sub stack out. Uh, Doug, why are, are you excited about Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr.'s performance where you're doing the whole, you can't hear me, but you can see me screaming thing? Uh, Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I don't want to break my microphone. I feel like if I were to scream for real at the level that I want to scream after watching Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. take off, take over, do all of the things that we've wanted to see first round rookies on this team do in summer league for years, Mm -hmm. I would break this microphone. I would have to get a new microphone and I don't Don't want to get a new microphone. I just want to get into my you know what I say all the time, summer's for feelings, preseason is for reason. I just want to get all the way down in my feelings and and just revel in what Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. did to the Portland Trailblazers. I'm Walker Mail. You can catch me on WFNZ from 12 to 3 p.m. every weekday. And yes, we are about to dive deep into what Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. did last night. Let's start with Brandon Miller because the game started with Brandon Miller right off the bat, Doug. It looked like this was going to be a takeover game for him, and he certainly took control. We got to see the alley-oop very early. The athleticism. Yes, we are the podcast that did not think Brandon Miller was athletic enough. Really, it was more so in the blow-by speed to the rim. But if you give him a runway, man, he'll catch a body. We saw against South Carolina. We saw it last night in this game where he had a fantastic dunk taken off from pretty deep part on the court. We got to see the three-point shot go in, three of six, finishing with 26 points. We got to see him get to the free throw line. He made all seven of his free throws. Um, the one-hand push shot, man, like it's that's what's working for him. He got, he got a couple of and one opportunities, so he finished in the two-point range. And it's just the, the one-handed Al Jefferson, you called it, kind of push shot from the perimeter. He had it all working for him, and this was by far, by far, his best performance. Uh, somebody called that shot. We were trying to figure out a clever name for it. It's kind of a hook shot. It's kind of a floater. Someone on uh, the comments called it a hooter, which I, I think like. that's Charlotte Sports Despair. Our guy called it that, I believe. I believe that's right. Oh, that's great. Um, I love it. I I think it'll stick. Uh, so he so he hits the hooter, um, and it was a high hooter. I mean, it was a sky high hooter. <laughs> it was a Don't sky hooter. Um, and he was just on fire. And it didn't start well though. It like it very early in the game. He goes baseline, gets stopped, turns it over, trying to kick it back out to Nick Smith Jr. Didn't look like he exactly knew what he wanted to do there. Then, like, just a possession or so later, he dribbles into traffic, got double teamed, forces up a shot. I really thought, oh, no. I mean, here we go. Four uh, or fifth game of seeing this from Brandon Miller, struggling to figure out what he wants to do, dribbling into traffic, turning it over. 
But then he rebounded, and boy, did he rebound. The shot was pure. His aggressiveness, his his decision-making all of a sudden flipped a switch. After those first couple of possessions, it's like he shook it off and said, all right, I got to figure this thing out. He hits a couple of really tough buckets in that first quarter, and then things got less tough because you could just see like the confidence building, and he started to understand and take over. And the guards actually let him initiate some of the offense, let him get into – you know, a little bit of a rhythm. So that was nice to see. And then Miller returned the favor to Nick Smith Jr. later in the game, basically saying, look, I got my 25 plus. Here you go, Nick Smith. You can take over now in the fourth quarter. It was it was just beautiful to watch. Well, yeah, and and even it was the first half that he really exploded for a ton of points, had a the summer league high with like seven minutes left to go in the third quarter. And then he was able to finish with a 26 point total. Um, still the fouls there. One doesn't count because he fouled at the end, trying to get the the basketball back, but had a couple blocks, only one turnover too, Doug. I thought that was nice. Right. And what you're seeing him do, it's it, w- when he drives into the lane, one, he's rejecting the screen a decent amount on some of the successful paint touches for him. I think that's interesting. Just trying to, all right. So they've run him off a ton of screens maybe the defense is ready for him to come off of those screens, but then he'll jab step towards the screen, go the other way. That's one way to manufacture a paint touch. The other is Brandon Miller, not only just finishing at the rim a little bit more so, but I I think you're seeing him kind of get to his spots a little bit better. For, For me, people are talking about how comfortable he was. Yes, he was comfortable, but hasn't that been his saving grace the entire time? The fact that he had been making better decisions I think clearly he looked more comfortable in this game but I don't think the gap is as big as everybody was talking about oh my god it's it's clicking it's night and day I think the shots were falling and I think he's putting guys on his back when he's getting into the paint like once he gets that advantage so some of it yes he looked more comfortable but another reason I just think some of the shots were falling with the hooters with the uh athleticism he got some free run to the to the rim and made him pay yeah, I just think he took he did a great job of taking advantage of what the defense was giving him and even forcing himself into some favorable matchups. Yeah, and making quick decisions, right? I mean, he was using that crossover, he was using the hesitation dribble, like he was doing all of the things that you know, again, we're we're going to question the handle, we're going to question the blow by speed. That's going to that's going to develop over the course of his career, but he was making quick decisions here. And he has this like smooth stop and start change of speed that I think LaMelo is trying to figure out how to do when he drives. But Miller already has it. And that's how Tatum and all of these, like, you know, what, what Miller's high ceiling is, the guys that drop 40 and 50 burgers, that, that's what they have. That's what they have to draw contact. And you saw Miller do that a few times in this game. I know it's early, but this is what I was waiting for, and I'd seen flashes of it in the previous games. He put it all together, had the takeover. You know, I, I think we're close. Let's get into preseason, get a couple of regular season games under his belt. But I'm I'm more comfortable today than I than I have been this whole process that he will achieve the escape velocity that is the Adam Morrison MKG worst case two pick scenario. Like I think we're already pretty close to that at this point because I just don't see all of the tools that I've seen if he puts it all together like I can't see him being worse than a third option 
Oh, yeah. And I, th I think we've always been there, right? I mean, with Brandon Miller, the bar is real low to ask him to escape Adam Morrison bus level and even MKG as much as but not a you given, know, but not a given, you know, and, and not that's for a thing. anybody, I guess, you know, if he had like, continued but, to struggle like he did to shoot against the Lakers and, and the turnovers and the fouls had returned like we saw in the California Classic, if that stuff would have happened in these final summer league games. Then, then I would have some serious questions at that point, but that ha that didn't happen. He said, you know, every game is an opportunity to reset the narrative and, and give yourself a new path. And that's what this game did. 26 points. He looked like, hey, this is my summer league team. I I'm going to, you know, and then Nick Smith Jr. stepped up as well. I mean, but he yeah. said, you know, this is this is my time. I'm going to take advantage of it. And that's what you love to see. Yeah, he did. He he looked very good, and you wonder just how much he'll be able to help this season off the ball because he did hit a couple of shots where he relocated. There was one three-pointer mm -hmm. where he passed it back out, relocated Smooth, out there man. on the perimeter. Looked good. Looked good. Um, Do you want to get into Nick Smith Jr. in this first segment before we do last dance report and talk Let's about his 33 points and takeover at More the uh, end of the game? Yeah. You want to do it? All right. Let's Nick Smith Jr. Nick Smith Jr. looked fantastic with just incredible shot making a lot of iso ball said everybody just get on my back and i'm going to take us into a winning territory even if they did lose this game yeah. a winning territory where he hit three pointers he was four or five from beyond the arc you saw him get to his spots really well there was the one handle off of the elbow where he had that floater as the big man steps up for Portland. Just that's the highlight everybody is choosing to roll with this morning. If you missed the Nick Smith Jr. performance last night and you only get to see one play, go to the end of the game. I think it's the third straight possession he scores where he puts the handles on, spin move, baseline. Yeah. Postman comes up to meet him in the short corner. Doesn't matter. Float. Just straight well, butter. And that's how he ends with 33. Yeah, you know, you, you want to hear what I, or hear, or read what I wrote in my notebook? I want to read play. here. I want to taste it. I want to smell it. I want to touch yeah, it. Yeah, use all use five all senses, senses on this bad boy, okay? 38 seconds yep. left in the game. I wrote crossover, spin, Chris Murray, Keegan Murray, Andy Murray, Bill Murray. I don't give a damn. Nick Smith Jr. Mm -hmm. is going to score. Yeah, lots of Murrays, and it doesn't matter what Murray's in front of him. And and he he went supernova. He was using all of the tools in his tool belt. It was beautiful to see. Okay, and, and I'm not. I don't want to pour cold water on it. He's got, but he has a lot to work on in terms of handling the basketball. In terms of making plays for others, if he's going to reach his ceiling. Because if he just look, if he, he's not going to be asked to handle the ball a ton and make plays for others a ton, I don't think at the in his rookie season. So really what you want to be excited about is the things that he was doing well, making plays for himself, uh, you know, pouring it on. The, the Hornets need more scoring, and, and that's what Nick Smith Jr. provides. But if he's going to sort of reach his ceiling, you know, a lot of those turnovers that we saw, I think he ended on six or seven turnovers. They were really bad turnovers. Like he's just not see, you know, when he's trying to make plays for others, he's just not seeing the floor particularly well. So th that's got to improve. But man, I mean, that scoring, whew, it's going to be tough to stop. I mean, I know this is summer league, but I, I think he's going to be tough to stop even, even when we get into the regular season, depending on how many minutes he gets. Yeah, if he goes to Greensboro, is he going to be a, a 25 or 20 or 25 a game type of guy? I mean, because oh, yeah. if the usage be is this high in summer league, then you think the usage is going to be big time in Greensboro too. Oh, he's going to be a swarm star. And yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It, you know, it may take an injury or two before he gets an opportunity uh, to to really get some legitimate minutes in, in the NBA. 
Um, but you know, he's, he's showing why the Hornets were super high on him. And he, you know, we, we talked, we've talked a ton about Brandon Miller's struggles, but Nick Smith Jr. has also not had like a particularly great game so far in summer league. And they both decided to have it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, and you talk about the rotation. I was talking about Greensboro because the, the, the most opportunistic minutes to be had right now are at point guard. And Nick Smith Jr. clearly has not demonstrated an ability to play point guard very well. Uh, of all of the praise we're going to give him, and he deserves all of it in what he did yesterday because the shot making was crazy. Yeah, he's not a point guard. He's a combo. And this is somewhat, all right, so if that's the case, then you're going to have to beat Bryce McGowan's, who did not have a good summer league session, by the way. So that's that's somebody that you could possibly pass. I mean, it's feasible for sure. So Bryce McGowan's. Cody Martin coming back. You might hate Cody Martin. It all depends on what Steve Clifford thinks about Cody and whether he's healthy. Brandon Miller, it, does he play some too? Terry Rozier is still on this team. So point guard is the only real way to me that he can get a decent amount of minutes. And that's the problem because Nick Smith Jr. is not a point guard. Uh, uh, Bryce McGowan, I laughed at the Bryce McGowan thing because he looks like a guy that really didn't want to be here <clears throat> at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like It just doesn't mm-hmm. look like he was – totally settled on on being at this summer league and um yeah he hasn't shot the ball well i would love to see him shoot the ball a little bit better uh but i don't think this summer league performance is really going to affect uh his his standing within the rotation but he still has some you know he's gonna have to fight it out with miller and martin they're gonna be a lot of m's floating around that wing rotation and he's gonna have to figure out you know how to get some minutes all right, uh, let's move on and talk about, instead of the rookie takeover, some of the vets on the Summer League roster. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll give you a last dance report. What do we think of Kai Jones as the Summer League went on and James Booknight, this performance that he had last night and even before that? We'll get to it in just a moment, but not before I talk about Bird Dogs. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. They make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. And they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton that bird dogs don't have a part of them. And uh, they fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. What you can do is you can go to birddogs.com slash NBA to enter promo code LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. That's birddogs.com slash NBA or promo code LockedOnNBA. For a free Yeti style tumbler, you won't uh, want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you that. We've seen it from Doug. He doesn't want to take his bird dogs off either. All right, coming up next, last dance report Locked on Hornets. Is Locked on Hornets. Are we sure that like everyone interprets a handful as five? I, don't I think, think so. so. Honestly, I would I'm... say a handful is normally five, but I would agree. four is acceptable. What's the whole five <laughs> things in my hand? Look, one, this is a pen, a book. I got okay. a phone. Yeah, you're, you guys are actually right. It's getting pretty full. Yeah, I know. Here's a cable. Five. Okay, that's five. That's five. And here's right, a coffee cup. What it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Doug. James Booknight. Let's start with him. The old okay. vet. The wily vet. The third session for James on the summer league roster. Um, he went 0-2 last night. Only two field goal attempts. Uh... 15 minutes played. That's it. 1449 to be exact. He missed both of the three point attempts that he had. They were both from beyond the arc. Only one rebound, one steal, 
didn't have any turnovers, did have a couple fouls. Um, man, he started to come out of the rotation a little bit as the summer league went on. Bad showing. And Steve Clifford told you, James Booknight, it, we all knew it, right? Steve Clifford didn't have to tell us. But we all knew how important this offseason was for Booknight and Kai Jones, who we'll get to in a moment. But this was not a summer league that makes you think, all right, maybe there's something Booknight can build off of after the tiny little shine he had at the end of the regular season last year. There's been nothing to show you that, okay, yeah, this is someone that is 100% going to be a part of the future. Yeah, not a great start. And you called him the Wiley vet. I call him the Wiley vet, like Wiley Coyote, because he is careening off, his career is careening off of a cliff. He is standing with the umbrella as the anvil uh, crushes Who's him. Who's the roadrunner in this? Well, Kai Jones. I mean, if we're we're sticking with the two guys that are that are fighting oh, for their careers, because, okay. okay. I mean, the, the energy, you know, that Kai shows uh, every, I mean, these, <laughs> these Euro steps. Oh, my God. I know we're supposed to be talking about James Booknight here, but I, Kai Jones, I wrote dirty Euro. And then seconds later, I wrote another dirty Euro. He's on a Euro trip. I mean, he was going to France, Spain. He was taking the train to Italy. Um, it was amazing. He was on a Euro trip. It was crazy. Kai Jones, the energy. Yes, he is definitely the roadrunner. But James Booknight is in trouble folks um and and you know it doesn't take a basketball genius to understand what's going on here he doesn't look confident um he he he's he's lost it whatever it is he's lost it tried to hit that jump shot in the corner when they were trying to deal with that blazer zone it was an air ball um you know defensively we're just seeing the same things over and over again blow by after blow by can't keep anyone in front uh you know we'll make an occasional steal here or there uh, but I don't know what more we can say at this point. Like, it just doesn't look like there's a future for James Booknight, and it couldn't have happened on a worse night when you have <laughs> – you, you've got this situation where you've got James Booknight and Kai Jones, both first-round draft picks, and they, they are they're, – they're struggling to really find a place on this roster. Meanwhile, Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. – Nick Smith Jr., by the way, showed you – Everything we've wanted from James Booknight. Look, you can be a defensive disaster. You can turn it over a little bit too. But if you're knocking down three-point shot after three-point shot and you're just unstoppable offensively, then we're going to let it all go. That covers a lot of sins. And that's Booknight has never been able to do that offensively, and thus everything else stands out. Yeah, it, it's not been great for Book Knight this entire summer league. There, there wasn't a – speaking of takeover games, we wanted to see it from Brandon Miller. Well, we got a quarter in the fourth quarter, but they were against some guys that you know, weren't even starting in that first game in Sacramento, and then he took care and, you know, he scored 12 points. But still, you got, a, you got that quarter at least. Played decently well against the Spurs. Didn't shoot well, but, you know, did some nice things enough. And then this last game, clearly Brandon Miller had the best contest. We haven't had anything like that from book night i mean even the first game for book night the efficiency was better if i'm not mistaken it was fine but yeah there's not there's been nothing from him that shows okay he's ready to take over minutes from bryce mcgowan's or even nick smith jr who you know outside of a really uncomfortable first game for nsj man it, he got better as the summer league session got uh went along and it's not like he hasn't had an opportunity right you know uh, to me this would be totally different if Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. just off gate first game in the California Classic had just come out on fire and and mm -hmm. were earning more and more possessions, and then you go, well, you know, Book Knight was just you know, feeding the hot hand, 
there, there was a priority to see what these first round rookies could do. It's a long summer. James Booknight uh, says he's gotten bigger. You know, let's look at preseason. But no, that didn't happen. He had an opportunity to say, all right, I'm, I am the veteran here. I, I can do something with this team until Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. get up to speed and didn't do it. And so here we are. I, I mean, I, I just, again, I'm running out of things to say at this point. I don't see all of the flashes that I saw from Nick Smith Jr. and Brandon Smith, Brandon Miller before we got to this point. I just don't see any of those flashes with James Booknight. All right, Doug, tell me what you saw with Kai Jones, and let's finish out this last dance report. A lot of the same, you know, I mean, it's a lot of these beautiful highlight plays that I know we're all still going to get excited about because you don't, you just don't expect a guy of of his uh, size, of his length to be making the the athletic plays that he's making, the Euro steps, you know, flying high for the, the, the alley-oops. I mean, yeah, you expect a guy that tall to be able to do something like that, but it just – the energy that he plays with, the intensity that he plays with. It's all familiar, though, to people that have watched a lot of Kai Jones. I know the summer league announcers are going to be like, it's going to open their eyes. But the coaching staff knows that Kai Jones can do all of that stuff. You heard Ty Corbin, uh, one of the assistant coaches for the Charlotte Hornets, give a sideline interview to shout out Ashley Shahamady, who was uh, doing summer league duty, sideline duty. She interviewed Brandon Miller as well. Um, So that'll be probably the first interview of many. But you heard Ty Corbin in the interview say, look, we want to see there, there's things that they want to see Kai Jones do set good screens, operate well in the pick and roll, defensively operate well in the pick and roll, rebound the basketball. Those are still things that I'm not seeing. You know, defensively, I thought he he got hurt a few times. They were dominating the base, especially like and, and both defensively and then offensively when the Portland Trailblazers were going to the zone. Kai Jones was nowhere to be found in the middle of the floor. That's the, to me, that's the center's job. Like get to the middle of the floor, bust that zone up. And Kai Jones was sitting underneath the rim where he was couldn't do anything. It, but finally, Amari Bailey stepped up to the middle of the floor, caught it right at the free throw line and hit a layup. But like, there's just stuff that I'm like, this is, I, I just, I can't, I can't rationalize how his role expands when there are so many of these little things that you expect your center to do that he's just incapable or unwilling or both to do. Yeah. I wonder how much coaching the, the Kai Jones stuff, you know, how much of the problems you can point to coaching there because Kai, I wonder if they still just need to simplify the game even more for him, right? I mean, as much as we joke about Najee on offense, only setting screens, that's part of the allure is like, this dude's not trying to do too much. I mean, we don't, we, he doesn't need to with Kai. We're tantalized by the ability where he hits a three pointer, where he has these crazy rim running slams where his chin is above the rim, but is the game simplified enough for him? And if you think it's simplified enough, then maybe even go further, right? It doesn't mean that this is going to be, oh, hmm, the coaching staff may have never thought about this, but I'm not watching it out there. I'm not watching Kai Jones just be asked to set screens and roll and that really be the only responsibility that he has. You're right. There are, look, there was only a couple rebounds in this game, I believe. I'm trying to think it was two exactly that he had in this game against Portland. Yeah, he had eight against the Lakers. I think he had 10 against San Antonio. So those numbers did go up after the first two games. Uh, with, with Kai, Kai is the one that I would be fine holding on to. You know, you still hold on to him, whatever you're not. He's not untouchable by any means. 
James Booknight is the guy that I would imagine is gone from this roster before Kai Jones is. I think there's enough still where we always knew this could be a three-year away thing from Kai. Even as long as this has been, this was never out of the realm of possibility that it would take this long for Kai to be close to a rotation. And he's not close right now, for sure. Mm -hmm. But it was never out of the realm of possibility that it would take three years. With Booknight, yeah, I'm surprised that it still isn't clicking here in the third summer league session. Well, I, I I have no problem with it taking three years. I have a problem that we're seeing so many of the same things that we thought he needed to work on yeah. in year one. We're still continuing to see those things. And then when you if if the franchise also sees that, they eventually have to make a decision, but both from a financial picture, if they're, if they're really getting close up to the luxury tax, then the decisions get more difficult. Not just for the guys that you're paying a lot of money to, but the guys that you're not paying a lot of money to. That's That could be the difference. How many of those guys you're paying could be the difference whether you're in the luxury tax or not, okay? That's where Kai Jones's and James Booknights of the world get let go. Also, roster spots. I mean, this team, as I said in the last show, they've drafted a lot of players over the past couple of years. And mm -hmm. some of those players, especially second-round players that were drafted at a lower position than Kai Jones and James Booknight, have shown more in less time than either of those players. And so that's where, you know, I, I mean, I get the sentiment that people have about like, well, you, you just see the hope, you see the promise. Let's hold on to him. I don't care if it takes six, seven years. That's well, yeah. fine. The idea of that is fine. But the reality is there are a limited number of roster spots. The reality is there's a limited number of resources that you can spend, both from a money perspective and from a coaching perspective. There's no point. There's no point in keeping a Kai Jones or a James Book Knight and, and investing coaching resources and player development resources in those players if you don't believe that they are going to get it now, next year, the year after that, or the year after that. It's better to just take all those resources and move them into Amari Bailey or James Najee or whatever, or, or, or the players that are going to be drafted in the next couple of years. It just doesn't make any sense. I, I agree with you, book night first, but I just, I'm sorry. I, I love all of the highlight okay. plays, but I just don't see the game coming together for Kai. I forgive you. You don't have to be sorry. It's okay. You Get can a move body on, on a body. That's all I'm asking. I wrote that down in my notebook. Get a body on a body. He has this amazing play at the end of the game. Steals it, streaks, slams it on the break. Again, you don't expect your center to do that. That's something that's a, that could be an advantage that could get him minutes. But then literally seconds later, he gets absolutely eviscerated by Shaden Sharp, 1v1, which, I'm look, Sharp's a really good player, but yeah. he didn't have to get beat that badly. Got yammed on got posterized, and then a few plays later, Wreath, uh, who's a big boy, that's a that's a meaty boy, and he he absolutely dominated Kai inside. So I just don't know what to tell you. All right, let's go to the last segment here, coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We have sicko satchel questions to get to. Doug opened it up. You guys poured your questions in, so we'll get to those in just a moment. But of course, not before we talk about BetterHelp. If you're interested in getting started in therapy, maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. They've been helping us out for quite a bit. We really appreciate their sponsorship, and it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. One more segment to go, Locked On Hornets. 
is locked on Hornets. Adam Silver had Ahmad Rashad up on stage and he used his phone to like body scan Ahmad Rashad. And then they like inserted a, like a digital version of Ahmad Rashad into the highlight. And wow. so I'm looking at this and going, just fix my league pass. I don't want to be in a highlight. I would just like to actually watch the highlight without my application logging me out, freezing, dropping all of the time. Fix my league pass before you insert me in the game, please and thank you. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Doug, you have the satchel. What are some of the questions in there that you wanted to answer first? I just had to take a big, deep breath because I really got into my feelings in the last segment. It's a lot of built-up emotion from this offseason. Summers for feelings. I was weighing my feelings. Just had to take a deep breath before we get into this satchel. Okay. I'm yeah, we, we got to the beginning of the segment before I even brought you in. You were silently yelling like you were a mime in a YouTube box. And then here we are going into the third segment, and now you're apologizing for getting too emotional about Kai Jones, man. It has been a roller coaster. We've been waiting. I mean, we have been waiting, and, and, and no offense to Mark Williams, but he didn't put on, he showed his flashes, but he did not put on the kind of performance that we saw from Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. So, I mean, we've been waiting oh, yeah. multiple seasons for, and you've got you've had guys miss summer leagues. Of course, LaMelo Ball didn't even get to do summer league because of COVID. Like, it just feels like this has been almost half a decade in the making. I mean, I, you know, I can just, I could feel the elation coming from Twitter saying, finally, the Hornets drafted some players that put on a show at Summer League. I mean, it wasn't a 40 burger or anything, but it was a show. It was the NBA was putting up highlights of players from Summer League. That's, that's pretty exciting. Okay. All right. Um, Go ahead. What's the satchel? Satchel. Do you want – I've got a number of questions on Terry Rozier that I could kind of all bundle into one, or we could do one on Brandon Miller and uh, Nick Smith Jr. Which do you want? Do you want Terry or you want rookies? Uh, let's, let's continue with the rookie talk. Let's keep that vibe up. Well, here's the question. It's going to be the question we're probably going to be asking uh, a lot on this show for many mm-hmm. years to come. This is from TR33013. Based on performance of the lottery picks in Summer League, do you believe – the Hornets made the right pick. And Brandon Miller and and Nick Smith Jr.? Yes. Well, we'll just say Brandon Miller, based on the performance of the lottery picks in Summer League. So all the lottery picks, you know, 1 through oh, 14. You, you so guys, Brandon Miller. Oh, I'm pleased. You think I'm a rookie? I'm not answering that five <laughs> games in. What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you, you, you think? Oh, yeah. Do you want me to, you want me to go ahead and, and dance for you? I'm not a puppet. All right. I'm not saying that one of these guys is the right pick after five summer league games for Brandon Miller, one for Scoot, and then whoever you have after that, Amen Thompson, we've seen how many times, like a couple. Brandon Miller has looked good, especially in this game against Portland, and that's by far his best performance. There's no way I'm going to say. I mean, I love what we got from Nick Smith Jr. Now, once you get further in the draft, it's like, yeah, I'll – you know, I wasn't asking for anybody else in, in Nick Smith Jr., right? Once you get to that point, it's, okay, you know, who knows? Let's go ahead and, and try to figure this thing out. What do you think, Doug? Do you think the Hornets made the right decision after five games of Summer League watching Brandon Miller? This is me being a puppet. I'll absolutely be your puppet. I'll be your puppet <laughs> and say, yes, they absolutely made the right pick there you because go. this oh, guy Doug, I can has feel now it. shown it, it us. It seems genuine. It, it's not happened every single game. Okay, but he has shown us all of the tools that that are necessary for being the Jason Tatum 
super wing that the Hornets will need at some point. If they didn't draft it in this previous draft, they were going to have to draft it at some point in order to contend for a championship. It seems like it's not going to happen this season. Not going to be a rookie season, probably not a rookie of the year season. Okay, so if you're asking me, did they make the right pick to find a rookie of the year? Probably not. But did they make the right pick long term? I think I think they might have. All right. Well, oh, no, 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 no. That is that is weak. That dismount, you buckled. You look like Rick Ross jumping off a diving board. <laughs> that was. A, I think they might have after being. Oh, I gotta yeah. get my. You know, you look. I gotta get myself room to wiggle, baby. You gotta, right, you gotta just, have room um, to wiggle. Okay. You gotta get mm-hmm. the wiggle room. Mm-hmm. I was. Yeah. But yeah. But see, this is that's the problem, right? Like. I'm Brandon. Miller I'm taking the question. The question was based well. on the performance. I'm taking the question. The question was based on performance of the lottery picks in summer league. Okay. Based on the, I haven't seen enough of scoot. He got injured. I, I didn't see enough of no, Wimby. That's, that's they, the, 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 so the Spurs were too scared. The Spurs were too scared. Portland's too scared based on the performance. And I'm okay. gets hurt. I mean, that's a tough break. Um, but you know, uh, based on what I've seen from Brandon, I think they made the right pick. I think he's going to be, <laughs> okay. you know, MVP. All right. You think they, I think no, maybe okay. might, he might be, <laughs> maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. All right. Here's All right, another question. question. Here's another question on Brandon. What points per game average would you be happy with for Brandon Miller in his rookie season? PPG. Yeah, that one. Um, I really don't know here. <sighs> I mean, so what, what are the points per game taken away from the team right now? Because you're adding Miles Bridges, who was your leading scorer right. two years ago, and right. Romello's going to want to score more, and you still have Terry Rozier, who likes to score. Do we want? Do we want ten? Do we want double digits from Brandon Miller a game as soon as year one? I think that's probably fair. I mean, ten here. I'll, I'll look up what the rookie scored last year, but ten is the number that's speaking to me right now. What what say you? I'm looking up Adam Morrison in 0607. Now he averaged. almost 30 minutes per game in his rookie season. Played 78 games, started 23 of those. But he did average 11.8 points per game on 29.8 minutes. Let's see what it's like per 36. Per 36 was 14.2. So I would say 14.3 per 36 or 11.9 per season. That's all I want. Just just a little bit more. Then Adam Morrison, I'd be okay. (laughs) That's that's all you want, okay? Um, yeah, I mean, but, I'm. But all at- he's going to be asked to do, I think, is I mean, he'll 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 be competent defensively, um, and, and he'll he'll make some mistakes there. He'll get bodied occasionally on the defensive end when he's when he's playing the three mostly, um, or, or or he might get taken to the rim if he's playing a quicker two. I mean, there are going to be some matchup issues, but he's not going to be asked to do a lot more than just stand in the corner and hit threes. So if he hits two of those a game. Uh, two to three of those a game plus gets fouled a few times. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say 12 points per game. No, it's not. And and so maybe, I mean, maybe I'm a little low, but with some of these rookies, all right, so let's go to Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith last year had 12.8 points per game. That's what he was scoring. And by a lot of accounts, people thought he was very disappointing in his first season. He didn't shoot well from three. That was about 31%. He shot 41% overall from the field. But you're also getting a ton of minutes. You're right. getting 31 minutes a game because you're on the Rockets roster where with the Charlotte Hornets team, I mean, if if PJ comes back, depending on how you feel on him, 
he's still going to come back and get minutes. So PJ getting minutes, Miles, Gordon Hayward, is he going to get traded? There's a lot of things to get over to get to anywhere close to what? Even 28. So yeah, I think probably around 10, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean if he doesn't get to Jabari Smith level, he's going to be bad or anything. There's going to be a lot of other factors that we're using to measure just how good of a rookie season Brandon Miller had. How efficient was he? How much was he making the right play defensively? Was he able to hold his own despite the thin frame, right? Like, and then we can move on from year one. But with some of these other guys that you could look at that scored 12 points a game or got to double digits, they were on teams that had a lot of opportunity because they weren't very good. And that even came on low volume. And still, people didn't think they had a great rookie year. Okay, final one before we get out of here, uh, because we had a couple questions that were basically like this. Uh, should Brandon Miller play the final game of Summer League? Or do you say, look, we saw what we wanted to see. You got the takeover game. Let's not get this guy hurt. Uh, Willie Nash, I'll call some folks out here. Willie Nash, Amber also asked a, a similar question. Willie said, in my opinion, after today's game against the Blazers, Miller should be removed from play before a freak injury occurs. So, <laughs> Summer League coach ain't coaching anyway, which could set him up to getting hurt mm-hmm. before the season even starts. Uh, so thank you, Willie Nash, you sicko, uh, for just throwing that in there right at the end. You had It was a positive, and then you're a sicko, so you had to throw the negative. I get it. I'm a sicko, too. Uh, but there you go. So, uh, Walker, are you sitting him for this final game? Uh, yes, I think I am. A- at first, I didn't think I was going to. But also, let's end on a good note. Why would we trot him back out there? Just for the chance for him to go 4 of 12, 4 of 15, and then end on a bad note for us for us to remember and have the recency bias of him not playing well in his last summer league game. Plus, you're 0-4. You don't have a summer league title that you're playing for. Like you're not about to go on a run. You lost to Portland. It was a close enough game. I mean, is is there going to be a one game sample size here with him playing this fifth contest that is going to help him learn that much more before he gets to preseason, before he gets to the regular season? I'm holding him out. I'm ending on a high note. I think the Spurs did that with Wimby. It's like, all right, he gave us 27. He looked a lot better than he did in the first game. Cool, we're done. Why are we, what are we doing? Let's just end this here. This is what the Hornets should do. No more Brandon Miller, no more. All right, I'm going to take the other side. I'm going to say, no, they absolutely should play him because the sample size of actual games in the offseason, and I'm I'm wrapping the preseason up in this too, um, is small. I mean, you're only going to get five or six preseason games. You only had six summer league games. I mean, these are all opportunities for him to tune up. I would say if the Hornets absolutely like the Spurs need Victor Webinyama this season, they, they've got nothing else essentially. So they, they need him. So shutting him down makes a lot of sense. Um, but I don't think the Hornets don't necessarily like need Brandon Miller to accomplish all of the goals that they want to accomplish. He could be part of that. And a huge rookie season would, would help to get to that place. Um, But there are a lot of other factors for the Charlotte Hornets as well. So I think you give him an opportunity to follow up a game because that's what I want to see. I want to see consistency. Can he take this performance? Because we saw what happened when he had the good game against Wimby and then followed it up with the, you know, little poopy game against the Lakers. So I want to see a little something that is less poopy. Uh, for this final game, and I'd like to see him. I think this coaching staff is going to play him. <laughs> if I if I had to guess, I think he's going to get. Tired. Yeah. Um. By the way, I did want to go back to the points per game thing with Brandon Miller because we were going with the Jabari Smith example. The other example to go with is Keegan Murray, who got 
20, who got 30 minutes on a playoff team out in a tough Western conference shot 45% from the field, 41% from three on six attempts per game in his rookie season Mm -hmm. and scored 12 points per game. Now, Keegan Murray, an older player than Brandon Miller coming into this, coming into his rookie season. So maybe that's something that you account for. Um, But remember, Brandon Miller's a little bit of an older rookie too. So maybe, yeah, like that's, I don't know, Keegan Murray or Jabari Smith. I, either way, it, I guess that that is the example that can show you it doesn't necessarily matter how many points per game he scores because we're looking at both of those rookie seasons very differently despite one being a higher prospect, and yet still they average around 12. So you're right, Doug. 12 is certainly there to be had for Brandon if he gets enough minutes. And if he gets 30 minutes per game, yeah, I think that's a result of an injury. Right. Not a, not or a trade. Result. Or trade. Too, yeah, for yeah. sure. Or trade if the, if the season goes wrong. But if this team is making the playoffs – I think that Brandon Miller is like your first or second reserve piece, not a starter. But we'll see. All right, that'll do it. Locked on Hornets, over and done with. After a Portland game that was exciting to see Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. take over, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked on NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 